30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard Arthur C. Clarke said, Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And right now, my friend, you're engaged with both. If you're listening to these words, you're using advanced technology, whether that's a phone or a computer, or maybe if you're one of our more advanced future listeners, some sort of like weird bead implanted under your skin that lets you surf the net just by rolling your eyes. But if you're hearing these words, if you're soaking them into your mind and letting them grow into new ideas, you're experiencing magic. I'm a wizard. We're connecting across time and space, sharing ideas, and making small changes to shift our collective reality towards a slightly better future. Now, I think that's really cool, or I wouldn't be doing this. And this blend of technology and magic we're experiencing would have barely been possible even 10 years ago. But there's no denying that there's a dark side. The same social networks that create connection also reward outrage and draw us into angry tribalism. And the same miraculous device that is playing these words for you now probably has a tendency to suck you in at other times, against your will, so you find yourself staring at a screen, mindlessly tapping buttons, and asking yourself, what am I even doing right now? That's why I've enlisted the help of today's guest, Giancarlo Patoco, who is on a mission to liberate the creative intelligence of humanity from distractive technology. Through lectures, workshops, and classes, Giancarlo helps people find what their values are and how to live them while resisting and cutting back the negative influence that these devices, that these networks, that this technology can have on our life. Now, I, as a wizard, am here with you struggling with the same shit. There, you know, as much as I would prefer to spend time staring at my crystal ball, I am so often just drawn into my phone. And I don't know why. Why is it doing this to me? But my hope today is that John Carlo can show us how to break this cycle, to learn how to use technology in ways that support us rather than prey on us, and most importantly, how to put down our dang phones. All right, Sean Carlo, welcome to Ritual Space. Thanks, Devin. So glad to be here. What's our magic word? Magic word is attention. Attention. Mm-hmm. All right. One, two, three. Attention. attention. Great. Now, why attention? Attention is something that um, is very important to us as humans. Uh, whether we recognize it or not, attention is the instrument that nature gave us in order to craft our lives to blaze the path forward and 
it's what creates what you see when you look behind at your life in terms of the experiences you've had and, and what you've enjoyed. What you remember, what you notice, the, the peaks and highlights. Exactly. And everything in between that, too. I mean, that's attention is the manifestation of your, your consciousness. Yeah. It's, it's um, where everything is happening. And so what you choose to focus it on is very important. It's much like how you think about what you eat and how it nourishes your body. What you consume through your attention, through mm-hmm. your mind, um, that's nourishment for the mind and the soul and uh, your emotions. So it's important to be mindful of what you bring into your field of attention. Now, much the same way that in the 20th century, our diets radically changed as industrialization and commercialization mm-hmm. changed the food streams. It seems like in the 21st century, which we're only just two decades into, <laughs> yeah. uh, our attention diet has radically changed. So I'd love if you could talk mm. a little bit about how that came to your attention mm. and what it is that you've been doing to address that. <laughs> yes, you've really hit the nail on the head there. It's a, a great parallel taking a look at the industrialization of food and now mass communication. And technology, specifically communication technology, has evolved to this point where it is uh, a form of technology I would call distractive technology, where it's inherent Um, use demands your attention in a way that a hammer doesn't demand your attention. There's a specific purpose it serves in your life and you take it out to serve that purpose and then you put it back. Now we have technology that's engineered to vie for our attention. It wants, it craves it, and the people creating that technology need your attention in order to make money because that's how they fund themselves. It's off of advertising now. So you bring advertising into it, into a technology that can speak to you through the buzzes, the dings, the notifications that come from our devices um, and literally literally guide your attention, what you choose to focus on over the course of the day. So it's really interesting because not only does it parallel kind of the evolution of junk food or mass-produced food in terms of low nutrition but high portability and, and long shelf life, Content now is more disposable than ever, more readily available than ever, just like food became, where, you know, you go to a supermarket, which didn't exist, by the way, like 100 years ago, less than that, really, um, and you can get anything you want. Same thing's true. Our cup runneth over in terms of cat gifts and all kinds of... Listicles com- yes. and messages mm. and just scrolling through that Instagram feed no shortage of that coming at you. And it's like, it's it's a content form of junk food in many ways where some is okay and can be delightful. Um, I love a Cool Ranch Dorito every now and then, right? Yeah. But um, too much is not good. And so that's what I focus on is helping people recognize the right balance for themselves and their lives. And I needed to do that for myself at one point to your question about uh, the moment I realized it. It was when I was taking stock of a point in my life when I had achieved much on paper. Mm -hmm. Here's the boxes that I needed to check to appear successful. I checked them. I wasn't happy. I asked why. And I looked at how I was spending my time and where I was focusing my attention. And far too much of it was spent with technology. And of that time spent with technology, um, most of it was spent on just empty consumption, empty content calories. And and that, that led me to realize just how much I was distracting myself from myself, distracting myself from myself. And so I decided to make some big changes and be way more, far more choiceful in how I focus my attention and getting really clear on 
what that that diet of content needed to be to nourish my soul and, and nourish the kind of life that I wanted to create. Did you have a rock bottom like an alcoholic? Was there a moment where you, you know, <laughs> that's you, the big you got, you got to the end people. of your Instagram feed and you're like, I've seen it all. I'm done. <laughs> I went to the ends of the feeds and there were, and you were still hungry, still hungry, man. Um, it, it was, you know, my rock bottom very fortunately was really just, um, having reached a point of like, I'm not sure what to do next in order to feel happy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a point where I'm climbing my career in New York. I was living in New York. I love New York. I love my family. I have wonderful friends. I do very fun things in the city. But I, it, it was all fleeting. The happiness that came from that was fleeting. So I was like, what? A, I, I just, it just felt like a, the rat race. It felt like a hamster on a wheel where I'm like, I can't keep doing new things in my career just to stay happy. Like, I should be able to maintain a baseline level of happiness based on everything society told me about what success would look like and how I grew up and what I thought success was supposed to be and realizing that that was not providing me success beyond what you saw on paper. And I woke up to that feeling sad and just, you know, working at a wonderful company and and feeling very fortunate. Like when I look around, I'm like, I'm grateful for everything I have, but I don't feel happy. (laughs) Now, what is the company that you were working at? (laughs) (laughs) Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on both sides of this divide. I have seen both sides of this divide. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we're speaking right now during my final month at that company. I, I have resigned and will be leaving and, and moving on to something new that is very fulfilling. Which is the other side of this divide, which is speaking about this issue. That's right. So um, what started as a side project after going through this experience that I just shared with you, this, you know, realizing I was, wasn't happy. Technology was a barrier to that and transforming my habits around that transformed my life. Now, real quick, I, can I just ask, what were your, what were your tech vices? Just like, yeah. what were the, what were the things that you were caught up in? Oh my goodness. The, the classic things I think we all face, such as waking up and the first thing you do in the morning is reach for the phone, unlock it and start seeing, what did I miss? What notifications do I have? What emails are pouring in? Let me check this website. Let me avoid getting out of bed for as long as I can and lose myself in this content instead of spending a little time with myself in the morning before I um, go out for my day. Um, it's coming home at night feeling exhausted from a long day at uh, you know checking the feeds at Facebook and Instagram yeah. headquarters all day and tuning into Netflix and getting lost in the autoplay where as soon as an episode of something finishes, the next one <laughs> starts up and you can just sit there until you fall asleep and, and not do anything but look at screens all day. And, and so it was you know Facebook feed, Instagram feed, uh, Netflix, reading lots of websites, including news websites and blogs talking about what was going on right now. And even that, you know, it feels productive. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm knowledgeable of what's going on in the world right now. But if that, if, if you're not doing anything with that information, that can be a real waste of time. That's a big one for me is just reading the New York Times. Like I, like when I think about, oh, I should read, you know, I should go find specialty blogs and things that are more of my interest. Then I'll stop myself and go, no, I should just read less. But the New York Times is my like, oh, snap, I have a moment in between tasks. I guess I'll go read this dumb article that already is telling me something that I know I read in another article yesterday. It's like no new information. It's just the like fake soothing of scrolling through and having that 
novelty information. So true. And it can feel very productive. Mm-hmm. You know, they can, these things can be deceptively yeah. <laughs> uh, productive feeling. Uh, but when you look at, if you're staying on the bleeding edge of news of like what's going on in current events every day, what you'll find is the next day, 90% of what you read is wrong now yeah. because the situation has changed. And so if you're following every little micro move, um, that's a, a that can be a real waste of emotional energy, especially yeah. if you feel so much for what's going on in the world right now. If you're reading about the big issues facing us and, and hearing how it's being handled, that can cause a lot of emotional stress and suffering unnecessarily. And so, you know, in, in some of the work that I do with people and organizations, I talk about how often do you really need to be up on this? Maybe you check in only once a week on these issues or once a month. It depends yeah. on how fast they evolve and what will serve you in your, your hunger for the knowledge, but also more importantly, your need for that knowledge to inform how you take action, whether it's just simply voting mm-hmm. uh, every year or something else. Yeah, the amount of times that people pull the levers of democracy is greatly disproportionate to the amount of time that we spend <laughs> reading about political minutia that is absolutely out of our control or then we're, we're so busy following the big scale politics that we don't invest in any of the the local things that our vote actually makes a difference in. indeed amen yes so okay so you're you're working at, at facebook and you're staring at screens all day long um <laughs> in your own private time and you reach the end of it and say I got to I got to do something. I got to do something about it and I went all Marie Kondo on it, you know. Okay, cuz that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of us reached the end of it and then we a year later we're like, "Fuck, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't fixed the problem yet, you know." Right. So what um how did you get out of the uh the rat's nest? So for me, um I was so when I said out loud, um I'm distracting myself from myself when I had this conversation about it for the first time. It really hit me saying that out loud. And it, it, that was a moment for me. And I knew that that was the first and biggest barrier to me moving into a place with my life where I was finding happiness and fulfillment. All the space that I could have been investing in creativity and, and community and all these other facets of life I was spending with the tech. So I decided if that's the thing, if all I got to do is put my damn phone down, I'm going to put my phone down. And I'm going to look for the other things that are doing that. So, you know, I, I took, I decided on a set of values for how I wanted to use the technology and then removed everything that didn't serve that. Um, and, and really, I went even a little more extreme than that, where anything I didn't absolutely need to get through my day and do my job in this, you know, mm-hmm. New York City um, and working at a major tech company, it, it was out of my life. And so that meant getting rid of my television and getting rid of Apple TV, Apple Watch, um, uh, things like that. And then what I did was based on the values I decided on, I replaced some of those with technologies that were um, kind of the opposite of what it represented. So the TV represented distraction. Mm -hmm. And so I replaced it with something that allowed me to manifest my creativity. So I bought a camera with the money that I got from selling television. And so... When I had moments when I was craving, you know, sitting down and watching TV, instead, I would pick up the camera and go out and shoot. Or, you know, if it's freezing cold out or raining instead of that, although shooting in the rain can be beautiful, sometimes you just need to rest and and maybe consume some content. But I chose to consume things that would better my practice of photography. So Mm -hmm. watching, you know, Annie Leibovitz's masterclass on photography replaced tuning out into House of Cards or something on Netflix. 
Um, can you talk about the values that you came up with? So, yeah, um, you can talk about productivity versus distraction, uh, reward versus rabbit hole. And, mm. and let me explain some, some of these re- warrant some explanation. So rabbit hole is the term that I used for what would happen when I would flip open my phone to check something. Maybe I needed directions to come see you tonight. And you see, uh, oh, there's a Facebook notification and you get distracted. You know, I'll just check that real quick, just real quick before I, you know, get on the road to go see you. Uh, and you see that one notification and it was something dumb like your friend is using Instagram for the first time in a while. See what they're up to. It's not even a real human mm-hmm. interaction. And it's 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 enticing me to come in and give it my attention. And all of a sudden I'm three or four or five or 20 cat gifts into my feed. And it's like, oh, shit, I was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago to go see Devin. Yeah. So um, that's the rabbit hole. You, you can fall right down there just like Alice and, and all of a sudden the world's upside down. And so. I decided to replace that mindset or that unconscious behavior, let's say, with reward. So it can be really extreme to remove all these forms of entertainment. Uh, like I even got rid of like music from my life, which was a big part of it, because I recognized that could even be numbing me from certain things I should be feeling or thinking about. Well, especially because music can be the search for music. Like uh I go over to figure out what's the next album on Spotify and now I'm letting an algorithm steer me into new recommendations (laughs) and I'm digging around and then I'm like, oh, I I wonder what the, you know, what this artist's story is. And I'm reading a little bio on them and then I'm looking at their discography. Exactly. Yeah. And so that rabbit hole I replaced with, because it's good to enjoy some music and watch Mm -hmm. some TV now and then. And, 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 but the key for me was replacing it with the value of, how can I use that as a reward for a day well lived? And so, you know, th- these values would feed on on each other. Where when I replaced distraction um, and and avoidance with creativity, mm-hmm. then I could reward myself. Oh, I took some amazing photos today. I feel good. I, I felt like connected to the creativity in my soul from that. I I can I've earned. Uh, a reward in some way and and oftentimes the reward would end up being editing those photos and savoring the beauty that was captured um, but other times it could be like I've earned some Netflix tonight it's okay to treat yourself to those things so let me ask you a question because this is something that I struggle with is you, going back to like the food analogy mm. you know it's like I understand that if I'm hungry and I eat a bag of Cheetos I'm gonna feel like shit yeah like, that's not gonna <laughs> satiate me and that's gonna make me feel worse that's right but if I'm hungry and I've had a really long day at work and I need to figure out what to cook and go to the grocery store and then come home and make myself this like macrobiotic rice bowl, <laughs> that is too much effort for what I have available to me in that moment. And I think sometimes I do the same thing with um, technology yeah. where I would love to like watch a documentary or yep. like, you know, consume something like related to my goals and yes. productivity or come home and, you know, work on a project, but I am spent mm-hmm. and I need something that is, you know, not zoning out on some crap TV show for 14 episodes in a row, right. but also isn't me trying to like secretly do more work under the guise of relaxation. I need like actual, like I'll watch a quality movie and chill out or something. Oh, it can yeah. be hard to like, pivot in that moment when I'm feeling depleted. Definitely. And, and I know that feeling and I still live that feeling, yeah. although far less than I used to. I mean, my life felt like this cycle of, you know, going through whatever I did that day and coming home and just needing to crash. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that um, 
when you start making some of these changes where less of your energy is being drained in drips and drabs over the course of the day, when you go down that rabbit hole of feeds and screens mm-hmm. everywhere, you end up having more energy at the end of the day. And so if you are mindful of how you invest your energy over the course of the day, partially by removing technology and then also getting really intentional and purposeful in how you focus your attention, all of a sudden you wake up uh, an incredible wealth of time and energy in your life. And so when I work with people through my workshops, one of the things that we always talk about is what is your plan for filling that time you're going to open up and that energy you're going to open up uh, with with delightful things. You have to replace. You can't just remove. It's like alcoholics that have their whole life becomes, I can't go to the bar. It's going to be a lot harder for you than someone who's like, I signed up for this awesome quilting (laughs) class. I can't wait to hang out with Myrtle tonight because we are going to finish this quilt. And it's like, you don't need your drinking friends because you're not sitting in a white room staring at the wall going, I wish I was at the bar. That's right. Exactly. And so for this to really work, my methodology includes an exploration and I offer up some inspiration, but we explore together what are some things that you're attracted to that you normally don't have time for that you would be excited about being able to do when you find yourself with more time on your hands. And when I first reveal this part of my workshops to people, there's some chuckles like, oh, haha, and then once you have all this time, you're going to wonder what to do with it. But I'm serious. You need to have a plan for that because if you come home and you've gotten rid of your television, mm. if you're going really extreme and you've deleted your social apps or whatever, you don't want to just come home and twiddle your thumbs. Uh, you need a plan, whether it's having books on hand to read or signing up for something like The Joy List to yeah. find these wonderful events and communities around the city every night of the week where you can go by yourself mm-hmm. and leave with a new friend and explore something that's really nourishing for the soul. Lining some of these things up to be able to do independently of anyone else because the people that haven't broken the spell of Netflix over their lives in the evening aren't going to come with you to do these things. So you need to line up things that you can take responsibility for doing on your own Mm -hmm. and, and be ready to jump into that because it's not just getting rid of technology. It's, it's this remove and replace approach that uh, you have to come in prepared for. Otherwise um, you easily relapse because it's so much easier to pick up that phone and mindlessly scroll through those cat gifts and Facebook feeds uh, instead well, of dealing with what you should deal with. Or the do something problem is that they're so enmeshed together. It's messy. True. So true. You know, like yes. it's, it's like our, our hammer <laughs> has, you know, uh, I don't know how, where I'm going to go with this, but it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're together. That's right. It's, it's like, it's, I can come home and say, oh, I want to get off of my phone and I just want to chill out and I don't want to, you know, be distracted by this. But then I'm like, oh, I want to listen to some music while I'm reading this book. And then I'm going to play the music off of my phone. That's right. And then when I go to change the track, because that album ended, (laughs) now I see a notification and now I'm responding to that text message. And now I'm thinking, oh, I got to remind that person of um, the address for the event we're going to tomorrow. I'll go check Facebook to get that address. And now, of course, I'm lost down the rabbit hole. And there's so many things like that where the same thing that, you know, oh, I need to write this letter to someone. I'm going to use my computer. And of course, one tab away is everything that I'm trying to steer clear of. That's right. It's it's like the rehab center is above the bar. <laughs> it's not even above the bar. It's like through the bar. That's right. It's you like, got to go through the bar. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the sex, uh, Sexaholics Anonymous is in the back of the fucking porn store. And you're out of like, oh, just, just get through here. It's... <laughs> 
<laughs> Those are some very apt metaphors for it, for sure. And that's the real struggle um, because you can remove some of these things that are actually limiting you today because people ask, well, does that mean you're, you're going to get rid of Facebook when you leave the company? Yeah. And I, I would not get rid of Facebook. And, and that's because if it weren't for Facebook and its events feature and mm. its groups feature, I wouldn't know half of the New York that I know. Right. That's what gets me every time. There was once where I was literally like scrolling through my feed and I'm seeing the same stuff and I was at that nadir and I was like, oh, screw this. And I posted something snarky about like hating Facebook. <laughs> and then someone commented and they said, you seem really grouchy. You probably need to get away this weekend. Do you want to come camping? I have an extra ticket to this event. All yes. you need to do is bring a sleeping bag. <laughs> and so I then go to this amazing like beach party vacation that was just so rad. And I was like, Oh, this is this is the heart of the problem is that me having this awful moment on Facebook led to the positive thing. Yeah, like totally. every moment that I'm almost out, they pull me back in because suddenly <laughs> I'm magically connected to some amazing person or I find some event that changes my life. But then it's so hard to moderate. It's like right. the alcoholic has an easier time saying I'm not going to drink at all than saying oh, you know, a few beers with friends is fine, but yeah. I can't black out because you start with a few beers with friends and then you wake up in an alley. <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, luckily, things have changed um, over the past year with these platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where there's greater control uh, around those kinds of... It, it's really a double-edged sword, right? The yeah. feed, because you posted this thing where you're like upset about how much this occupies your life, but then... The moment you post that, someone offers you this amazing thing that you wouldn't have had if it weren't for Facebook. So it, it's a double-edged sword. And so how can I be really careful in how I use it? And what's amazing is there are these features now of these platforms that allow you to have fine-grained control over what your experience is like in it. And my favorite thing, and this, this changed the game for me on my attitude towards the Facebook app and platform, which was seeing the features that allow me to completely control every single thing that appears in my newsfeed. So I one day invested 45 minutes of my time and went through these features that allowed me to remove everything from my feed because the feed is that rabbit hole that yeah. you fall down, right? And so I wanted to see what, could I get my newsfeed down to zero? And it was possible. And then all I would have really? left is this app that was basically. We'll show you ads. Uh, and ads would ads would pop up. So which it's just it's just a feed of ads. That, and, yeah. A couple at a time. Yeah. And uh, but then no more than that. And so you couldn't infinitely scroll anymore. Right. And so what you were left with is like a digital rolodex of your friends. Yeah. Um, access to the groups that you belong to, and access to the events feature for discovering different communities and things going on around you wherever you are in the world. Yeah. It's an amazing tool when you're traveling, especially mm -hmm. if you're traveling solo. Um, to find community wherever you are, authentic community. And so that's what it became for me for a moment. But, you know, in the true Marie Kondo style, after removing everything, I then carefully added back into my feed what I decided I wanted Facebook to be for me. What yeah. do I want to see when I want to come into? Do I just want it to be a social utility, like I just mentioned, of connection to groups, communities, and events? Or do I also want it to share with me some things that might be inspirational or meaningful? So having different spiritual leaders appear in my feed, um, 
having certain groups that post regularly about important things they care about show up in there. Local politicians mm -hmm. tell me what's going on in my community and when to take action. And so I carefully curated a small group of things that started appearing into my feed and it it totally transformed the experience of using Facebook for me, where one, it was less addictive, yeah. and two, it was providing meaningful value to me every time I was on it, whether it was to do the social utility stuff or to see what's going on in the world or get some inspiration. Um, so you can do that sort of thing on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, and this is a game changer for removing some of the things that maybe got in the way or drew you down into that rabbit hole so that you can really sculpt what the experience you have with these platforms are such that Facebook is one of my indispensable apps now. Mm -hmm. And if you had asked me a, a year ago if, if I thought I'd be saying that, it would be no. And that was a weird thing to feel while working there. Yeah. Um, but I did the work to see what's possible here. And it turns out we've been handed a lot of power but we just haven't recognized that it's there. So part of the workshop uh, that I host is showing people how to find these features and some suggestions for how they might want to begin tailoring them. Um, nothing I do is ever a prescription or a hard and fast recommendation. It's, it's a suggestion. It's, hey, here are the things I've tried and here are the ones that have worked really well for me. Here are ones that were okay for me, but I'm going to offer them all to you because I've tried them and I've learned about them and I want to offer it up to you to make your own recipe for this, you know, digital nutrition, if, it, if you want to call it that. I'd love if you could talk for a moment about just some of the broad things that people listening who are, who are saying, I'm lockstep with you. Like, I want yeah. to get off the, the ride, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling <laughs> queasy. Um, and then we'll move into maybe figuring out a little magical way that you can, you can mm. implement the first step. Oh, I love that. So let's start with your morning routine. So waking up in the morning. You shouldn't have your phone within reach. This is, this sounds kind of silly for a lot of people, um, but sleeping with your phone outside of your bedroom can be a real life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. um, it is probably the most powerful reflex we have is to reach for that phone in the morning for at least because we all use it as our alarm clock now. Yeah. And so when I suggest this in my workshops, the first thing, you know, people's hands go up. They're like, hold on, this that's my alarm clock. How am I going to wake up in the morning? Don't and then an it's like, well, $6 at Dwayne Reed gets you an alarm clock. That's a thing that's been around for a long time. People have woken up for ages without cell phones. It, it can be done. It's so. also remarkable, like, that you can train yourself to wake up without an alarm. Like, and, yes, you know, Totally. Like, People Your body can get really good super at smart. even setting like the specific time that you want to wake up. Absolutely. And so what I suggest is keep the phone outside the bedroom and for the first, choose an amount of time in the morning, but five minutes to 30 minutes, let that be a sacred time that you do not touch any screens mm. and see what comes up for you, yeah. whether you meditate whether you do morning pages, just writing down stream of consciousness of what's there when you wake up, or just splashing some water on your face and like go sit down and read a book or, or just look out the window or just like have some moments to get with yourself mm -hmm. for a little bit. It might be the, you know, we all in New York in particular live like crazy lives here where it's jam-packed days. Those five minutes or 30 minutes might be the only time you get to just sit and be with yourself all day. Yeah. And there's no more important time than those moments after you first awake. 
that's where you can choose how you want to lead this day. Mm-hmm. And you can check in with yourself to see how you're feeling and, and what kind of love you need for yourself or what you want to tell yourself about your intentions for this day. And all of a sudden, you're choosing how you want to begin your day and lead your day rather than waking up, reaching for the phone, and letting whatever news alert from Donald Trump lead your day or whatever is showing up in that a stressful work email a bunch of texts from a a friend group thread that's trying to plan something for next weekend and you don't have time to think about that right now and you've just woken up be kind to yourself love yourself a little bit and and get to know yourself a little bit so you know how you want to spend your day start your day as you mean to go on Mm, yes yes exactly so that kind of intentionality and, and peace just creating a little space for yourself. Um, that has transformed people's lives. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really has because you get to know yourself better and it informs, getting to know yourself better informs literally every decision you make every day and every interaction you have with someone and just how you show up in general. It's, yeah. it's really life-changing. And, and these small things add up. It's 1% every day better mm-hmm. <laughs> adds up to transformation pretty quickly. Oh, that's one of the, four, the fundamental concepts of my wizardry is slightly oh, better, you know? Beautiful. The, anything that you want that's the highfalutin, like amazing, <laughs> you know, palace on the mountain kind of goal, you're still going to start with what's a slightly better version of your current moment and stack those until you get in that, you get to that eventual result. That's beautiful. So what about phones specifically? What about Let's this? Let's talk about phones. Because I constantly have this this fantasy of like, I want to get a flip phone or I want to like throw my phone <laughs> up a cliff. Me too. And like, it's so hard because the, the world doesn't support that anymore. That's right. It used to be that I could call a bar and say, mm. hey, look for, mm. uh, see if there's a Giancarlo there and then let him know I'm going to be running late. And they would be like, that's a reasonable request. We will do that for you. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Right. Like I've seen in movies where someone will literally like scribble a note down and hand it to a bartender. And they're like, if a guy shows up, give him, I was like, is that note going to get delivered? Like, what? primitive text message in effect oh my gosh yes but then there's so many things that i think well how would i live my life if i couldn't look up maps and figure out where i'm going Mm -hmm. or respond to text messages or even be able to make a phone call that's Um, right and how quickly would i then be bugging the people around me and like hey can you can you tell me what the movie time is gonna be (laughs) right and then then it's karmically not good to be putting that on other people to do the the dirty work as it were for you that was in high school once people started getting cell phones it was like i didn't need a cell phone i just needed to be with someone that had a phone and then i could make the call and then later it was smartphones i didn't need my own smartphone as long as i was with someone that could be like i've got directions to the pizza place and it's like all right we're good it's funny how that's changed from you want to be friends with the person that has the car in high school to mm-hmm. now you want to be friends with the person that has the smartphone. <laughs> I mean, everyone has a smartphone now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and at a younger and younger age. So when it comes to controlling the phone, the first and best thing you can do is disable all notifications that aren't coming from a human being. Wow. So if you're getting a phone call, yeah. um, that's someone... There's spam bots. Hopefully it's a human now, being. But yeah. there's high potential high potential that that's a human being coming at you. And so you want to be ready to receive that and perhaps text messages as well. Um, but turning off all notifications otherwise can be transformative because instead of allowing your phone to determine how you focus your attention, because on average we're reaching for our phones almost 200 times a day. 
Yeah. That's a lot in a 24-hour day and even fewer waking hours of that day. So turning off those notifications and deciding, I'll check my phone when I want to check my phone. I'm doing things. If you're constantly being interrupted, that ruins any kind of creative output you can have. You need to get into a flow to allow your creativity to be expressed. And, and I mean creativity in a broad sense. If you're working in a job where you're architecting the most beautiful Excel spreadsheet anyone's ever seen and beauty from within at the yeah. algorithmic level versus the aesthetic level, there's creativity to that and having that flow interrupted by every buzz and ding. You know, Yelp wants to tell me that I should review the restaurant I went at yesterday. Um, I've got Facebook telling me I should check out all this stuff. Um, I don't need that. I don't need that. I can decide. This, this was like mind-blowing for me when I started on this journey was realizing that, oh, I can decide when I should check my phone instead of my phone telling me to check it every couple of minutes. And so I experimented with setting a couple times a day when I'm like, I'll just put a reminder. That'll be one of the notifications I receive. Three times a day, uh, a buzzer will go off to check your email and anything else you want to check. Um, and that, that allowed me to then use my attention the majority of the day based on how I wanted to use it. And the phone was now a utility to me and, and I brought it into my focus, into my field of attention when I chose. See, I like that a lot because one of the problems I've had is I've turned off, you know, like Instagram and Facebook can't send me notifications. Nice. But then, you know, I'm out with someone and they go to the bathroom and I'm like, my hand's going to the phone. <laughs> I'm opening up Instagram. Yeah. I'm checking. I want to see, you know, yeah. are there any, you know, what what's happened with Ooh. that post that I made? You know, oh, what's yeah. Going Am I on? getting comments on Am that? Am I getting comments? I know. Who cares about DMs? likes? Yeah. Get, like, likes like, are so 30 likes. It's like, ugh, give me, give me yeah. that sweet comment action. I got plenty of private that. message? Yeah. Oh, mm. that's what I'm after. Mm. Yes, the best. Yeah. So you're looking for that stuff. and. It's a slot machine kind of mentality. Right. You know, you're picking it up and you're hitting that refresh if it's not automatically doing it. And you're waiting for the jackpot to hit. You're yeah. waiting for those DMs and comments to come in. And um, and then it's kind of like, oh, there's nothing there. Or, oh, here's a juicy one. And then your yeah. friend comes back and you're like, oh, I'm paying attention almost. Hold on. Let me just yeah. finish reading this or responding to this. Um, yeah, that's that temptation is real. And so that goes beyond the device, you know, changes you can make to the device. Part of this is trusting yourself, making some agreements and trusting yourself to maybe in those moments where there's the, the natural, like you're with a friend at dinner, they go to the bathroom. During those bathroom breaks, how do you want to spend that time? Decide, right. make an agreement with yourself. Tonight when I go have dinner with that friend, when one of us decides to get up from the table, what do we want to focus our attention on? And so one of the things I would do is decide like maybe tonight I'm going to reflect on what we talked about Mm -hmm. and decide what am I going to take away from this yeah. because we just kind of get led by our noses through the day thanks to these devices and in in cities where you, you stay really busy um, it's like what's next what's next what's next you, there's not a lot of time for reflection and so what happens if you take those moments when you would instinctually reach for the phone to you know feed your brain which is just wanting to be constantly stimulating now craving. craving it yeah because when I'm mindful about that and I postpone that it gets to a breaking point where then it's like ripping open the bag of Doritos <laughs> where suddenly I'm like, all right, screw it. Now I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to look at all the Facebook notifications. I'm going to read this dumb article in the That's news. Right. And it's like it builds up that pressure. Mm -hmm. I think because the phone is specifically designed for quick, immediate 
partial things. That's right. Like, you can just quickly look at Instagram and check a few notifications, whereas if your friend goes to the bathroom, it's harder to pull out a book and be like, let me read a paragraph, and oh, they're back, okay. And you can, you know, you can be observant and look around, but the phone is uniquely designed to fill those small spaces. So Apple is right now, of all the tech companies, seems to be leading the way Mm -hmm. in terms of making this technology a little more humane. And so I noticed a new feature uh, of my iPhone, which was I had put in a dinner reservation on my calendar and the phone recognized it as that and automatically went into do not disturb mode for me Whoa. when that, that time came up. And it's, yeah. it put up a little thing on the screen. It's like, I forget the exact language, yeah. but it was like, because you have this on your calendar, um, the phone's going into do not disturb mode. Tap here if you don't want that to happen. Right. But I was like, whoa thank you like finally this is working for me and i don't remember ever changing a setting to do that it just naturally did it and i'm like this is what it feels like when i've got tech working on my side and that was incredible and like that's not even scratching the surface of what's possible with the intelligence that exists at these tech companies and the the systems to to start becoming intuitive about how human how technology can support human behavior in a way that that feels good instead of addictive right so there's things like that it's who does it work for like we've all got our digital butlers but who's who's paying the bills at the end of the day preach my friend yes well this has been this has been absolutely wonderful and i think this is going to resonate with um a lot of people right now that are listening to this contemporarily Mm. who are struggling with it and will be an interesting document to all of our mm. future listeners who are either way off the deep end <laughs> with this or they're listening to this with mouth the gap the way that we would listen to people right. talk about, oh, if you're pregnant, you can just smoke some cigarettes and only drink on weekends and it'll be fine. Exactly. I think I think the future generations will look back and be like, unfettered social media. Wow, <laughs> what a wait. what a mistake that was. Oh my god. You gotta have at least four algorithms checking each other to make sure you're able to get not disturbed the technology watching itself so expanding your mind and consciousness what is the least that someone could do what is something that they could do that's perhaps even symbolic more than downloading another app Mm, to monitor their other apps to break the spell Mm, that's such a good one (sighs) decide on an intention or or a value or an idea that you want to cultivate more in your life i guess that's not a small thing but a small change to technology here would be to take a statement or an image of something that represents something you want to move towards in your life Mm -hmm. could be a picture could be a statement and make that the dominant visual on your smartphone so you know go to google image search pick some image that inspires you and represents a new kind of behavior or a new mindset that you want for yourself and make that be the first thing that you see when you pick up your phone. And for me, it's something that will remind me that, hey, this phone is a utility, not a source of entertainment. So you better be here with a purpose in mind, not looking for distraction. And so a very simple thing to do would be maybe put, try this on on your phone screen. Put a statement like, what are you seeking? Mm. Just to ask yourself that question. And, And as you're pulling up the Facebook app to see the latest wedding pictures or baby pictures from your friends or whatever it is you're doing on there. Ask yourself that question and answer it. While the app loads, while the feed loads, even if you don't even change what you're doing, just check in with yourself and notice how you're spending time when you reach for that phone. 
just no, that's that's the one thing I would ask folks to do. Notice and remind yourself. Simple as that. Beautiful. Thank you, Giancarlo. Thank you, Devin. For more of Giancarlo's work, visit giancarlo.nyc. That's G-I-A-N-C-A-R-L-O dot N-Y-C. And for more of the special blend of magic and technology that we offer here at this podcast as a ritual, why don't you focus on the magic this week and just tell someone you know about the podcast. Tell them something that you've learned or changed or experienced in a way that has benefited you from tuning into a wizard. Tell someone in a real one-on-one face-to-face conversation without any intermediaries of technology. And that would make this little wizard smile. Until next time, I believe in you. Put your phone down. Thank you.